Good morning, everyone. Yeah, like uh, Ben said, um, thank you for all your brave souls that uh, uh, made it out. But we're Albertans, right? We have to we have to get out there, otherwise we'd never live a life if we uh, didn't, right? <laughs> so it is definitely cold out there, but nice and warm in here, though. So uh, we're on a series called "More in 24," and I'll be continuing that. Uh, Pastor Doug started us off last week with the first one. So um, today, uh, well, first of all, uh, yeah, um, if I didn't say it, uh, welcome to those that maybe are joining us online as well, uh, which I'm sure there is a few today. Um, But uh, so what I want to talk about today is, um, so when we get into a new year, especially for myself, I always like to reflect what's happened last year and, and look at what's ahead. And so sometimes when we look back, maybe we're not that happy with what we see. Maybe there's things that we missed. Maybe there's things that opportunities that we let slip through our hands. Um, And I believe uh, maybe sometimes we realize that we're sometimes still maybe stuck in the same things that we were stuck in the year before. And, you know, the year before we kind of said to ourselves, you know what, I, I... I need to change in this particular area because I know it's not good for me or this or that, right? And I know New Year's resolutions. I know people, you know, when you make that on a spur of the moment, that is not the way to make, uh, to make change in your life because I'm sure within a couple of months we'll have uh, lots of workout equipment on Kijiji again that's for sale, right? <laughs> so, you know, there's always good intentions, but I believe uh, with the Word of God, I believe we can uh, strive to be better. And I, the reason I believe this is because of what Christ did for us on the cross. Uh, we truly have freedom, and that freedom has already been given, but sometimes we need help working that out, right? So today... Um, Maybe I'll share this scripture for a minute. Um, this is a, one of my favorite scriptures, and it just kind of, the scripture tells me of what is possible in God. And I think this is a, a good way to maybe start this morning. Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall uh, run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. So that is what's possible, and I want to go through a little bit today and see what are the things that are maybe hindering us uh, from actually walking that out and actually uh, walking with God in that particular way. So join me in a prayer before we get dive into this here. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Father. We thank you for being able to come into your house this morning. I thank you for the praise, Father. I just thank you for being able to worship you and praise you, Father. We just thank you, Lord. As we praise you, we just realize the many things that you do in our lives uh, that we sometimes just uh, walk past, Heavenly Father. And so we just thank you, Lord. I just pray for uh, give us uh, open hearts and minds to be able to receive today from you what you're wanting to say to us, Heavenly Father, and what your Holy Spirit wants to say to us. So I just pray, give us understanding, Father, in your word. In your son Jesus' name I pray, amen. So what is holding you back? I know some of the, the easy ones, of course, uh, well, I shouldn't say easy. Uh, these are real things and the people, we go through them. 
maybe some of that is fear, heartbreak, betrayal, regret, unforgiveness. Uh, all these things can be things that, uh, that we are dealing with. And maybe there are things that we're dealing with and we don't even know we're dealing with them. Because uh, I don't know if, if, if this is the same with you, but sometimes we, we have certain things that we're stuck in and, and we learn to grow comfortable with them. We learn to accept them and we learn to walk through them. But every once in a while, we bump into something or somebody says something, and then those particular things that we're dealing with or struggling with uh, pop up in our lives again. Uh, somebody said it this way, uh, you know, sometimes you have a splinter, and you don't feel that splinter. It just sits in, in your skin, but it, it, gets, it puffs up and whatever, and you don't feel it until you bump into something. So sometimes we are splinters ourselves, right? We are, we bump into something, somebody bumps into us, and all of a sudden we react, oh, that hurts, right? And I think these are sometimes we, as we walk through this life, we have things that uh, we get comfortable with, and we just learn to live with them. And we don't learn, uh, I guess we don't come to a point where we're saying, hey, we want to be free of them, right? So I know for myself too, uh, you know, if I look back over the year, you know, there's, there's probably a thousand fears that I lived that never came true. They say that uh, 90%, 92% of fears never come true. And the 8% that do come true, most of them turn out better than what they had originally feared them to be. But how many of you live with fear every single day of your life? I know for myself that the enemy gets in there. And it says in the Word, right? We don't fight against flesh and blood, but against uh, the spiritual powers uh, in the heavenlies, right? So God, there's forces against us that continue to push at us, and fear is one of those weapons that the, he uses to do that. In, uh, in 1 John 4, verse 18, it says... Um, Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So what this uh, word tells me is that it is possible to experience God's love in such a deep way that it, it just flushes out all that fear that is in us. And sometimes we just have not walked close enough with him to actually, or maybe we're just not before him long enough in order for us to experience that love and that peace that he truly wants to push through us or flow through us. Um, I was recently going through uh, uh, my devotional, and Liam Fontaine was sharing uh, in the devotional how we all have uh, mirrors that we look at. And I won't go into what all he kind of said, but I just thought it was a good analogy for, for um, a mirror because I, as I was thinking about it, as I was uh, uh, contemplating it, I, I realized that sometimes we in life, uh, we look to things to reflect back to us our identity. We look to people uh, and situations to tell us who we are. And one of, the, one of the first mirrors, I believe, is memories. 
So this might be something that, uh, you know, we have a memory. Maybe it's something that you did. Maybe it's something you, you, you failed to do. But these memories continue to come back at us and, and show us that we failed in that particular area. And in that reflection, uh, we can come to a point where we feel like we are failures, actually. We are what our memories are, right? So I don't know what that is for you. Or maybe it's opinions. Uh, sometimes we, we're looking to others to mirror back to us who, who, what value we have. Uh, but if, if we are looking to others uh, to reflect back to us what, who we are or how valuable we are, we will come to a place where we are severely, uh, I guess how should I say it? You will have, you, you'll be on a low self-esteem uh, bit, I can tell you that. People deal enough with their own stuff. They don't have, so we in the church, of course, should be telling people what, they, what you see in them, right? We should be calling out what we see in people. But too often uh, in the world, uh, you will not see people edifying you. They want to tear, sometimes things, people want to tear you down and, and so forth, right? So we need to be careful who we, uh, I guess, allow to reflect back to us who we are. And Leo Fontaine says, people can give you great feedback and encouragement, but you can't look to their opinion to determine who you are. So we can't look at, to others' opinions about who we are. And it says in Proverbs 29, uh, verse 25, it says, fear, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. So be very careful because I, I, and I am guilty of this myself, that you hang on people certain opinions. You value their opinions. You, you value them. You kind of see them as somebody, hey, this person has done well. You value what they have to say. But sometimes what they reflect back to you is not uh, what God has said uh, was in me, right? And so we need to be careful because this can become, like it says, it can become a snare a snare that we get caught up in, and before we know it, uh, it, it has destroyed us on the inside. So uh, the other one is performance. I, I think, um, and maybe this is not just men, but I think more so men are very, uh, you know, their careers or that what they do is something that they identify with and becomes kind of becomes your identity, Right? how well you do, how, and all these things. And so we need to be careful because that is not where we get our value from. I can tell you, when you stand before God, he won't say, well, you, you were a CEO of this company, you, your name was great, and this is why you're going to come into the kingdom. No, none of those things will matter. It's what's in the heart that will matter uh, in, in, in the end, right? So we need to be careful on the performance level where we are and where we're not or where we've achieved or haven't achieved uh, that we don't allow those things to stack up um, as our identity. And the other one might be relig- uh, religious uh, teaching. So this can be, this can be uh, um, I came from a very strict background and the, the thought processes and so on. So it took me, has taken me years, and I, I'm not free yet. I see sometimes things working out in my life uh, just because 
of the way what I was taught or uh, what I was instilled as a, as a young child, uh, things that are wrong, things that are uh, off. Uh, so one of the things is, and I just heard this the other day again, uh, you know, I was praying with somebody and, and, and they were having issues with their child and, and he said, well, you know, God is, I think God is just trying to get our attention. So what his point was, and I know he didn't say it this way, but what his point was that God was hurting his child so that he would come closer to him. So that's just like me saying, well, you know, I'm going to, my kids haven't been paying attention to me. I better break their legs so that they start uh, uh, paying more attention to me. You know, of course we wouldn't do that. And how much more, if we didn't, if we don't do that, how much more do you think God doesn't do that? Something like that. So there is a lot in, in this particular one, and I'm not going to go through all of those, but I, I just, it's something that we need to, uh, and I think that t- that takes, you know, as, as we bump into things and we see this hurt come up or we see this reaction, we, if we pay attention, the Holy Spirit will give us insight into the areas where we have these misbeliefs, uh, these things that we react a certain way, but it is not correct. That is not who God is. That's not who he had. Um, so I think uh, it, it, it is one of the things that we need to reflect on. George uh, Bernard Shaw said, People become attached to their burdens, sometimes more than the burdens are attached to them. So we sometimes are attached to our burdens, and sometimes we just don't want to let go. Sometimes they're so comfortable that we just don't want to deal with it. We, we were okay with them living with us. We're okay with them, uh, you know, being with us. So we need to, we need to make sure that, uh, you know, that we're not more attached to our burdens than our burdens are to us, right? So uh, James 1 verse 25, it says, But if you look in carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then you will be blessed. You, God will bless you for doing it. So what this is basically saying is that as we look into the Word of God, we allow the Word of God to reflect back to us on who we are. As we continue to read the Word, uh, God will continue to open our eyes to see and I think this is one of the critical. We need to make sure that we're praying, asking God to reveal to us who we are in him. And as we go through his word, he will reflect to us who we truly are. And then we need to weigh all the things that are in our lives that have set themselves up as who we are against what God says who we are. I like this uh, picture here. And I think uh, sometimes it is us, right? So we're drowning. We're holding on to all this baggage. And uh, Jesus just comes and says, hey, let go of the things that are making you drown. So sometimes we're just not willing to give it up as we're going down. So are we attached to our burdens? We'll have to let them go to walk in freedom. So... I think this uh, this has to bring us to a certain point, um, and I think uh, the thing is, we we need to get to a point where we are actually sick and tired of the things that are are dragging us down, to the things that are are holding us back. And uh, so, what is it this year that uh, that you want to change? What are you wanting to see this year? 
What goals do you want to achieve? What things do you want to set you free? Charles Spurgeon says, There is no form of sinfulness to which you are addicted, which Christ cannot remove. So there is nothing in God that he cannot remove from your life. But it is us that we have to, in faith, come to him and and he will walk with us as we walk in freedom, walk into freedom, right? So God created a way for us. In Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, of pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. So it is a matter of us coming before him and praying, and he will set us free. There's a better way. Uh, when we put our trust in, in God... He controls the outcome. And this is a, a, a thing that, you know, I'm having to consistently learn. How many of you have to learn sometimes things a few times? Anybody? Just a few? Okay. Some of us get it the first time, I guess. But I'm not one of those people, I guess. Um, God has been walking with me. Uh, I've been walking with him and... You know, over and over again, he tells me to look to him. Over and over again, he tells me to watch him and to be careful about the voices I, I let into my life, to allow him to go ahead. But this is hard, hard stuff, because you have to trust in faith, because sometimes the things that are just right in front of you don't look like anything about what he has talked to you about. You know, I will help you overcome. I will, you know, you see all these, uh, these things in front of you and you start, it's just like Peter, right? He steps out of the boat. He has enough faith to step out of the boat and start walking on water. But as he starts looking away from Jesus and starts looking at the storm around him, he starts sinking, right? Now, he didn't just plop into the water. He just started sinking, right? Slowly. And then he called for Jesus and Jesus lifted him back up again. But I think sometimes I, I imagine myself that way. We're full of faith and we step out, but then sometimes, you know, we start doubting again a bit. And we need to refocus our attention on Jesus and what he is doing. He is stronger than whatever is coming against you, right? In Titus 3, verse uh, 4 to 5, it says, But when God our Savior reveals his kindness and love, he saved us not because of of the righteous, righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. So we have a new life and a new birth in the Holy Spirit. So we need to start walking in it. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth, I also have to have at least one quote from Smith Wigglesworth. God does not call, uh, uh, call those who are equipped. He equips those who are called. And I think uh, this has uh, brought me a lot of comfort a lot of times because sometimes we don't feel like we're equipped to handle the situation in front of us. But I always turn back to God and say, hey, it's, it's not me that's going to equip myself, right? It is God that equips us, right? He empowers us to do what he has called us to do. So that means, you know, when you're in your job and your work, trust in the Father that He is capable of pushing, helping you through. But I think sometimes it is the, the way that we, He will bless the efforts of our hands, right? 
So sometimes it, it's something that we pray, right? We pray, hey, God, show me, guide me where to go. But then we also have to start stepping forward. We also have to start walking in order for God to start walk, blessing the work of our hands, right? And he guides us through. So who has God made us to be? By understanding more of, about God, we understand more about who we are and who we were created to be. Um, we need to find our, our identity in him. We won't find our identity by, you know, by all the things that I've just talked about, uh, by where we lived, by where we came from or didn't come from by uh, the things people talk, say about us, all these things. We won't find our identity in those things, but it is only in Christ that we find our identity. So we always hear people saying, you know, um, uh, you know, I need to find myself, but I, I can honestly tell you, you will never find yourself unless you find Christ first. You will find yourself in Christ as you continue to walk with him and continue to walk in his presence, right? So we need to hear God's voice and we need to be connected to him uh, in, in such a deep way. We need to believe that God is good and that he wants the best for us. And I'm just talking about misbeliefs that sometimes we... We set up, and I think these are question things that we need to question ourselves on. Uh, do, what do you truly believe about God? Do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that God wants all the best for you? Sometimes we, I think, get into a state where, where, you know, we have these weird thought processes, like I was sharing before, where we think that God is going to hurt us, or hurt our children, in order for to get our attention or stuff like that. We need to continue to weed those things out in our lives. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So God has blessed us. God has given us everything that we need. Uh, he's provided everything that we need to, to overcome this world. In Ephesians 4 verse 13 it says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So in... Uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 3 to 7 says, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through our knowledge of Him, who calls us to His own glory and excellence by, by which He has granted us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption of this world, because of the sinful desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with, great, with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is one of God's promises that he has given us everything Everything that we need for life and godliness. But it says through his knowledge, through the knowledge of him. So this is, I think, just a call for us to get into the word of God and to really understand uh, what, what the word says. And not just by our human understanding. I think it's, this is through, again, through the word of God. We need, to, we need to pray and ask for his wisdom, his insight 
to be able to understand. So because it says, Matthew 6, 33, it says, but first and most important, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom, his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God and all these things will be added to you also. So if we put that as our first place in our life, he is the one that comes and empowers us to push through. Instead of focusing on what we don't have, we need to focus on what God has blessed us with already. And I think this is where the reminder comes, right? The reminder of what the Word of God says. Constantly need to be reminded ourselves of it. So, praise and thankfulness. So, this is one of the areas that I, I, I think, you know, it's a hard one. Uh, because as a, when I came from a religious background, the hardest thing for me was worship. So as I come into the church, was actually worshiping God and praising Him. And I can tell you, you just look across, and I don't want to convict anybody, but a lot of people have a hard time there. We don't, we're not able to enter in to worship Him. How many of you know that the band that stay, stands up front here, um, they're not here to entertain. They're here to lead us in that worship. And I like uh, last week, uh, I know you were saying, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we're not here to entertain. I thought, well, that was, that's so awesome. Sometimes we get into that little mindset, right? Oh, that's a good show, you know. It's great. Fantastic. And it always is good. But how do we enter in ourselves? How do we come before God to praise Him? And... This is one of the things that I had to work on, and God is working on me, not just what I do here on Sunday to worship Him and praise Him. And I can tell you, there's a snare of man right there as well. Because one of the things that will, you first thing you'll think is, what will the people think beside me if I put my hands up? That's the first battle I have to overcome for myself. And so, you know, wherever you need to start, here... Here, 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 you know. I, I had to start here. And I had to work my way up. So, you know, it's not about, uh, about where you start, but I, I honestly, God looks at our heart, and he, he wants our hearts to be open in front of Him. And what we do with our hands, what we do is we, we actually... Our body movements actually open our hearts and actually give action to what we're actually what we're actually feeling on the inside, right? And sometimes we have to tell our face that we're happy too, right? So I have to remind myself that all the time. So but I I think this is I really, you know, as I was preparing today, this was one of the areas that I, you know, I know God has been personally dealing with me on that. Uh because in my work and so on, uh, you know, praise me in where you're at. Praise me throughout the day. Praise me in what I've done. Thank him. Be thankful for what he has done, right? And trust me, once you start, there's so many things that are, you can be thankful for. In Psalm 100 and verse 1 to 5, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. 
Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Isn't that good? Isn't that awesome? Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is, is God. Know that the Lord is God. We are his. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. And his uh, faithfulness to all generations. And you know, David is one of the... One of the great men, and I don't know what you guys do, but every morning I always read a psalm. I always see that as my prayer and, and praise to him. Uh, but David always started his, his, he always starts his psalms with praise. In between he has his problems. And at the end he kind of says, no, you know what, God, you are bigger than I am. You are going to accomplish what you have set out to. I know it doesn't look like it right now based on these problems that I'm seeing here, but you know, you're going to do it. I like that. First Thessalonians 5 or 16 to 18 says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I heard a, I heard a story um, about this pastor. So I've kind of heard it secondhand now from somebody else, some uh, another sermon I was listening to. But I, I think I, I want to tell it just, uh, it kind of illustrates a good point. Uh, there was this pastor, um, and he was contemplating divorcing his wife. I believe this is a true story. Um, so as he's, he just wasn't quite feeling right about it. So he came before God and he was asking him, God, I you know, I'm really thinking about, you know, divorcing my wife. I, I just don't see any, uh, you know, she hasn't supported me in my ministry. She hasn't uh, done this and hasn't done that. She hasn't, you know, uh, been there uh, to help me along. Uh, you know, I need somebody, like somebody that's more godly, you know, and so on. And so, uh, so he, God comes back to him and says, okay, what I want you to do for the next two weeks is I want you to come every single day and I want you to uh, thank me for one thing that you, you see in your wife, one good thing you see in your wife. And so, okay, he'll do that. So then um, the first day he comes and he's like, he's thinking about it. He says, I, God, I, I just can't think of one thing. I cannot think of one single thing. You're going to have to help me out here. What, what, what can I be thankful for? And God says, well, uh, she's been faithful to you for, for 20 years. So, you know, that, that's something that you could be thankful for. And so he says, okay, you know, God, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for my wife, for her being faithful to me for 20 years. I've never had to deal with her uh, being unfaithful to me. And, you know, okay, and so the second day comes and uh, he comes again before him, says, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I just, I, I can't think of anything. I, you're going to have to help me out again. 
And the Lord says, well, she, she took care of those kids and, and uh, raised them while you were traveling and ministry and all these things. So that, that's something to be thankful for, right? So he says, thank you, Lord. Thank you that, you know, my wife has been faithful uh, to be at home raising these children while I was away. I was, had the freedom to be able to travel and do all these things. And so on and so on it goes. After two weeks, this pastor is before God, his face on the ground, uh, weeping. Because he says, I, I wouldn't want you to change one single thing about what my wife. The point of the story is that we can focus on a lot of things. We can focus on the negative things in life. We can, and in fact, our minds can come become consumed by it, and, and we no longer see anything positive. We no longer see any blessing in what we have. I think that's our fundamental problem. We know the knowledge of it, that we're blessed here in North America. But I think a lot of times we're actually not going through the process of actually thanking and praising God for what we have in our lives. And the point of the story is that when you start looking and you start being thankful for what you have, all of a sudden there's more and more things that you start seeing and you are thanking for. And all of a sudden you start realizing that God is really at work around you. He is He's pouring in from the left to the right and everywhere else in between. That God is good. Revelations 4, verse 11 says, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. God created all things. And it's not just in when we can be thankful. We see, uh, I was just going through the scriptures in, in Acts uh, 16, verse 23 to 26. Uh, we see that... Uh, uh, Paul, when he's in prison, I'll just read it here. They were severely beaten, and then they were uh, thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening, and suddenly there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundation. And all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. So we can see here that, you know, even in the midst of great trial. And I think this, the, the reason Paul and Silas were able to praise God is because that was a regular practice of theirs. And they see the strength and power of God flowing up on the inside of them and praising Him. Because they knew a greater thing. They knew Him, right? And I heard somebody say it the other day, and I, th I, thought, I thought about it a bit, and I thought, you know what, that is 100% right. You know, we as Christians just can't lose, if you really think about it. In this particular situation, if they had a state in prison and they had a died, and they would have gone to heaven. They would have gone before God. Because Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we sometimes, I think we have it a little bit backwards. We sometimes don't realize that, hey, even if we lose in this life, we still gain eternity with Christ. 
And if that is truly our faith, then, then we, we kids can't lose. There's no possible way to lose. I do believe that God wants to bless us, and I do believe God protects us and watches over us and works through us to overcome the things in this life. He heals. He does all those things. But my point is, even if we lose here, we don't lose. We still gain. And I think that is what Paul and Silas had. They knew, they knew the reality. They knew who they served. And they could still praise him even in, in the midst of great trial. And trust me, that is not a prison that you would see here. Those dungeons, I, I'm sure, were just absolutely filthy. They were beaten on their backs and everywhere, and they were put in stocks, so they couldn't move. So you got these wounds on their backs, and they're able to just sit there. And in the midst of that, they're able to praise God and worship Him. So I think compared to that, there's really nothing that we can't say, hey, I, can't, I just can't praise right now. It's just too hard, right? No, I, I think we can work through and my point is, by us doing that, by us working, pushing through, and praising God, sometimes we're focusing on the solution versus the problem. We're pushing out all the doubts and unbelief, and we focus on Him. And I think that was why David constantly worked to praise, the God, praise God, because he was, he was focusing on the answer versus the problem, which was in Him, Right? So, as we finish up here today, so what is holding you back? So what is it this year that, uh, that you want to be rid of? So what is it that you want to see uh, changed in your life? And I think this, is, this is, deserves some time for reflection. In silence is sometimes the only place that you will see and actually have the answer come back. If you truly are asking, what are the things that you want to be free of? God created a better way. He has given His Son for everything that we need. And who has God created, uh, made us to be? His image. He says, they will do these works and greater. So God has provided a way. He has empowered us to, to uh, walk through. And I think the last thing is praise and thanksgiving. I think we need to be in consistent praise and thanksgiving to what we have. And I bet you if we did that for a week straight, we'd be the most joyous Christians that we see out there. Because we truly realize what we do have. I just want to finish off with this. Lamentations 3, verse 22 to 25. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every, each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who depend on Him, to those who search for Him. Amen. All right. Well, uh, join me in uh, prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for what you have done for us in our lives. Lord, we sometimes miss it, Lord. We sometimes miss it, miss the blessings that you have provided for us, Father. So I just pray that as we, 
As we go out today, Father, I pray that we truly are able to shift our minds, our focus, and focus on what you have done. And that we are truly able to enter into praise and and to worship you, Father, for who you are, Lord. We just ask, Father, that that your Holy Spirit just uh, show us the things that in our lives that we need to change. The things that you've already set us free from, Heavenly Father, I pray, show us that we know who we are and that we are truly able to walk by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the power of your presence, Lord God. So I just thank you, Father. Thank you for who you are and what you have done for us. We praise you, Lord God. We thank you. We worship you, Lord. They just pray. If there's anybody out there this morning that uh, wants to give their lives to Jesus, I just want you to repeat this prayer with me. God, please forgive me for all that I have done wrong. I believe you set, sent your son, Jesus, to set me free. I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior. From now on, I am following you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can have the power to change for the rest of my life.